All right, this is coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have Nora O'Connor, singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and professional vocalist based out of Chicago. Nora's uh, worked with plenty of groups, a few of which being The Decemberist, uh, Nico Case, Andrew Bird, Iron and Wine, Mavis Staples, and she's a founding member of the Flat Five. You might remember the Flat Five from a very early interview on this podcast with Scott Legan. Um, you can check that out on the YouTube. It's on all the other ones. We go all the way back. Um, and Scott uh, recorded on her record that she has coming out. It's called My Heart. It's available on all streaming platforms as of now. We're going to listen to a tune in a minute. In this interview, we catch up with Nora as she's on tour with uh, Nico Case. So uh, prior to this, we got back and forth and missed a couple calls, but we got it to happen. Um, let's listen to one of the tunes. This is Soar off my heart, Nora O'Connor.
Nora O'Connor, Soar. The album's My Heart. It's available now on all streaming platforms. It's a super beautiful record. And it's amazing for someone who surrounds themselves with so much talent and so much songwriting prowess or so many potent songwriters. Um, you can hear like the professional influence in this record. And it's, it's really a beautiful record. And I recommend you guys check it out. Um, with that being said, if you guys can like, rate, review, subscribe to one of the podcasts on the podcast platforms, it really helps me keep talking to cool guests and sharing their insight with you. So without further ado, this is my chat with uh, Noro O'Connor. My first question was, uh, can you tell me about the Rocky Horribles? Yeah, um, the Rocky Horribles. So um, that was one of my first bands when I went away to college. Um, I went to Southern Illinois University and I enrolled in the music business program there. Um, and I met a friend uh in that class and you know he was a local musician and I was like ooh you know what is this what is this musician thing because I just got, went from high school you know to college and I did theater in high school and then like a little bit of community theater after high school before I went away to college but um yeah so Rocky Horribles uh started with my friend Mike Beck um you know we had just gotten together and started singing songs and we started singing it's basically Rocky Horror Picture Show songs and Schoolhouse Rock songs. <laughs> so this was like fall of 1989 or something like that is when, when you know, we were good for a couple months. And then, and then we graduated ourselves to call ourselves Dead Flowers, where we were just Rolling Stones covers. Nice. We just sang Rolling Stones songs. So, yeah, those were my first two bands that I started in college keeping it with the with the r's you know <laughs> Rocky yeah Horror, rolling stones <laughs> but, right but there, so um so kind of when you were doing theater in in high school and after was it like was it musical theater or was it just uh it was a little bit of both mostly yeah? musical mostly musical theater okay. um yeah in in high school um and like show choir and stuff it's kind of i feel like whether I knew it at the time or not, that's where I really latched on to um, just being a, a literal harmony singing junkie, you know, doing choir and, and ensemble singing in plays and stuff like that. It's, it's interesting because, like, one, uh, harmonies are hard. <laughs> like, to harmonize with someone is to hear yourself and where you fit in with that. You know, that's like – that's – big scale thinking you know what i mean like uh, and i know for most people that really love it it's just the feeling you find that spot right yeah for sure yeah um it's the first place i go yeah yeah uh, it is the first place i go yeah that's all because like I, for me it's always been the opposite like when i try to do harmonies i keep getting caught it, it, it's i've gotten better at them but it's taken me a very long time to to get okay with them yeah, there's something that happens like when somebody is singing and you start to sing a harmony, um, that person will like climb up to your harmony. Like it's hard for people to stay in their lane when they're trying to sing in harmony together. It's a got to work on that. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, but I'd imagine coming from like choir and theater and like musical theater, you have your your spot you're playing in a way, and it's kind of already a bigger picture. You're you're showing this performance. 
right? You're telling the story, and everyone has their own their own place in it, and your part is just that. And like I don't know, coming from someone who just sung and played guitar by themselves forever, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to to join the cast, so to say. Um, did you have like music in your family, and like kind of like so family music groups like that? Because that seems like something that's really kind of in my mind tricky to jump into uh i had you know a little bit my my mother and father immigrated from ireland in the late 1950s and they started a family on the south side of chicago and you know growing up you know there were a lot of parties and my parents didn't really know a lot of people outside of you know the the irish community that they had known to you know kind of immigrate to this particular neighborhood. So we had a lot of parties and there was always a lot of singing, you know, about halfway through the party after everyone's kind of getting in their cups and, and, you know, so I was around a lot of Irish singing and, and Irish music and, um, and really just kind of, you know, seventies, I'm a little older than you probably, but you know, seventies radio, was there were a lot of vocal groups and um you know i could not be torn you couldn't tear me away from from the radio when i was a kid so cool that's so that's that's really cool to kind of grow up in it and like or at least around it and then because there's definitely when someone nails the harmonies there's a magic to it and that it's a vibration it's 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 an energy and yeah it's amazing so, okay, so it, one, it, it's interesting, too, because, like, going from, like, theater into, like, the Rolling Stones, there's, like, you know what I mean? Like, those are two way, way separate kind of, like, uh, musical, I, like, headspaces and approaches. Um, do you think the Rocky Horror kind of, like, made it easy to get into that? Because I notice a lot of people that dig Rocky Horror, like, are, are like, my theater friends. You know what I mean? Like, it seems to really hit home with, with that kind of a, th- that type of crowd. Did that kind of make it easy that, to jump into, like, taking, like, I mean, I guess if you're already really into, like, uh, harmony kind of, like, uh, folk acts and stuff, might that probably that too, but. I was horrible trying to sing Rolling Stone songs. I was horrible at it. I was, like, I remember I had to sing Beast of Burden, and, um, I was like, I'll never be your basic burden. You know, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to sing rock and roll. I didn't know how to sing. You know, I only did theater. And uh, it was just a huge shift for me. And I, it, it was when I really started, and I'm still trying to, like, really find my voice and where it sounds comfortable and where it feels really, really good. And, you know, like finding my tone, like it's every time I sing, I'm, I'm looking for that sweet spot every yeah. single time, every time. And like, it's, 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 it's with singing. It's like, it's so hard to find because like, if you play guitar, I know where the G note is or the A note is, or the B note is, I know where that note is. Oh, it doesn't sound off. Oh, that's because I need to tune it. I can see that. You know, what I mean, I can. You, like, there's such a when you're singing, it's such just a feel-based thing. When it comes to finding the center tone, it's so hard because everyone's got a different set of pipes, and like 
that thing that resonates. Well, maybe it works better with you if you have like your kind of upper lip, you know, like curled or, you know, like it's for me, I've seen was such like a, a, a study to try to figure out. Cause I was, I was, it was, I was a guitar guy at first and like was trying to learn how to sing. And like so many of the rudiments people just had, I had to really fight to get, um, and the idea of that center tone, that's really, it's actually super inspiring to hear that you, this is something you work at all the time. Cause like I'm yeah. constantly looking in the mirror, recording myself, trying to take myself away from like, and just like the, the soft palate exercises, you know, the Laga thing. I don't know if, um, you've, everyone's got their own weird bits that they do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, um, like that's such a hard thing to find. And like, but it sounds like you've obviously like found like a bit, even though you are always trying to get back to it. What typically do you find works for you in that? Uh, wait, can you repeat the question? (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, that was me. Like, (laughs) like the idea of finding that center tone and always looking for it. And there's like this kind of a lot of little things that factor into it. Right. Like, even if it's right breath support or right way of holding like uh um your mouth at a certain like yeah it's all that it's it's a physical and it's anatomy you know it's anatomy it's a physical thing it's like don't don't eat three hours before you play because you know i think it's important to be kind of on the empty side yeah um before i sing so i don't have to worry about like reflux or any sort of you know just kind of like you know, half digested food, you know, that it can make you like burp or like, you know, whatever. Um, that's a big thing. Like making sure that I'm nice and empty before I, I not like, like that I don't have a bunch of food in my belly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just, just try to, and, and I'm, I don't do dairy. I don't do like heavily spiced foods. I try to eat really plain. Like right now I'm on tour. So it's just, just try to keep it really simple and eat right after sound check, you know, so there's three or four hours before we play. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's all physical, like where is the air coming from? And maybe this note is going to come from the back of my sinus cavity because it's high and it's like, you know, louder and my, the highest part of my chest voice or, you know, I have to really relax my throat if I want to sing something in my head voice. Um so I feel like a lot of it for me is automatic, but um, like I don't think about all these things before I sing a note, but these things are happening, you know, yeah. the breath and and like pulling the breath in a certain space and having a nice open throat or, you know, closed, you know, I, I, what I'm trying to do is not hurt myself. So I do think about that because, you know, there's been years where I've had voice problems and. I'm singing too hard or I'm not, you know, sleeping enough and just, just, you know, I, I want to, I have to kind of maintain my, my local health. And, and so I, I try not to sing things I shouldn't sing anymore, like loud with super loud rock bands and at us at, you know, too high of my range. Cause I'll just, I'll bust it. Yeah. And especially like if you're doing what you're doing, because you're on tour right now with Nico Case. I am, yeah. Uh, and where are you guys at right now? So we're in Roanoke, Virginia, on our way to Asheville, North Carolina, playing at a place called the Orange Peel, which is a great menu. 
cool. Um, we were just in Ohio. We played yeah. the Nelsonville um, Festival. Do you know that one in Nelsonville? Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, it's a good one. How, how, who else was with you? Um, so there on our night, it was uh, Angel Olsen played and um, Maddie Diaz played and uh, Japanese Breakfast was there one Very night. Cool. There's yeah, and yeah, there was a ton of great bands. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I saw that. That it's funny in Ohio we have there's the Nelsonsville Festival and then there's Nelson's uh, Quarry that has festivals all the time. And like, uh, <laughs> and at one, I've, I've, multiple uh, years, Willie Nelson has played both of those at separate occasions. <laughs> so it gets to be a lot of Nelson, like, ah, but um, yeah, that, no, that festival's awesome. That's very cool. Cause yesterday when we were texting, you were in Philly. So did, was that yes. yesterday? Or was yesterday that we were, yesterday we played a show in Philly last night. Yeah. And, and then we drove here today to Virginia six hours. So and then I think we have another six hours or so to, yeah, so we've got another four shows on this tour and we, I left my house August 25th. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a good long tour so far. So yeah, good thing everyone's feeling okay. So we're, we're good. We're good, especially with how everything's been. Um, mm -hmm. And like, so with, with maintaining this vocal health, the kind of like, I imagine in different, so as like a, with Nico, like, uh, when you're supporting, like, do you find yourself needing more of, like, tools you would not need when you're leading? Does that make sense? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, my friend Kelly Hogan, I don't know if she said it, but she introduced this concept to me that um, harmony singing is 90% listening and 10% singing. You know, so if you're singing harmony and you can't hear the lead singer, you're singing too loud, you're doing too much, you know, so it's really just trying to, you know, and that's taken a long time too. Like I hear recordings from when I was younger singing harmony with people and I'm just like, I'm too loud. I'm trying to do too much. And I'm, you know, I, you know, you don't want to pull focus from the melody lead singer, you know, unless it's a duet, then you do what you do and you, you know, use a little more personality, but you know, it's just kind of knowing your place and um, recording the song and, uh, you know, just making sure that your harmony and there's a sound person there who's got it all controlled anyway and has you, you know, has my vocal underneath Nico's at a certain level, you know, her, her vocal will always be louder. So just, you know, just trying to blend and really, really listen to her phrasing so i'm locking in on her phrasing as she's singing um so so really just kind of trying to memorize the, the phrasing of the song so i'm just kind of always locked in and um and i'm not doing too much i get excited so sometimes i want to put like a trill in there or something and you know i just gotta like be cool nora be cool <laughs> You know? Yeah, that's got to be that's got to be hard because I imagine like with certain singers, they all have like like weird every 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 singer has a, a weird phrase that they like. They say the uh is weird or the ease or something like some symbolic thing that really seems nonsensical to like uh, kind of a, a traditional trained singer. 
you know, like to try to like jumping into that rock world, like kind of going back to the McJaggerisms, like the Jaggerisms are nonsensical, you know what I mean? So to try to build off that, like, and support that, it's a, I imagine listening. Yeah, you make adjustments. Like, you're right about, like, the uhs. Like, some people, when they sing, they tend to pronounce words a little bit different or use different vowels just because certain vowels are easier to sing than other vowels, right. you know? Yeah. Um. So, um, yeah, just knowing that they're going to sing the word the instead of the word the or the word the where you would sing the word the you know it just as an example just kind of pay attention like you know you you mess up the first time like okay make note this is how we're going to sing that word and you just come try to remember these these little nuances right right and i imagine like imagine with bills and runs like that those certain in, in certain rate like in chest and head voice like you're going to find certain syllables more focused right like uh, like in a head voice, like do you notice is there like a typical like uh vowel that that usually kind of hits upon because of just of the nature of the voice that makes it clearer? Ah, uh, you know, uh, ah, uh, is okay. There you, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is is the is the best one. Okay. Because you know, I mean, ah, uh, you know, is just the most open where you can completely, you know, ah. Uh, it's easier to sport than like a like the e sound it's e is just very like in your head and and you know in your face so that's hard to kind of pull from the depths of your diaphragm to to get you know whatever the range of the note you know if it's a low e or a high e i don't know um yeah ah seems like as the best one. And ooh, ooh is good too. Ooh is always good. Well, it's not too far from ah. That checks out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's super interesting to kind of like, that kind of goes back to the, like, it's a lot more to take in the whole, the whole arc of, uh, of to really listen, like, and really kind of support it's a lot harder than than maybe it is the lead in certain cases because if you're jumping into a completely unknown like new situation there's way more skill sets you need to hear to properly bring out the message of whoever's in front um does some of that thinking you think come from like this theater mindset i don't know uh that was just so long ago, you know, that was high, <laughs> that was high yeah. school, you yeah, know, yeah. I've been doing this other thing for a lot. Yeah. So, so what, let's, let's bridge it. Well, let me tell that. you what, one thing that's nice, this is why I, I do what I do. You know, I, I tour with different bands and I record with different bands and this is why I made my own record. So I can sing whatever I want, however I want as loud or as soft as I want and make all the decisions. Like I try to, I try to have a balance of, you know, showing up for work and doing what I'm told or what the song needs or, you know, giving input as much as I can, depending on the band. And then I have this solo project where I can, um, 
you know, trust myself and, and be the one that makes, you know, the choices for arrangement and writing and instrumentation and stuff like that. Well, that's, that's definitely a healthy balance. Like, do I like it all. I like it all. Yeah. I really, really, really do. Well, and yeah. I, I think that makes you as a, a balanced artist to be able to like go in and support other people's work and then, and lead your own and know both ends of like, uh, uh, it's like where like the driving a, a car or a ship or whatever, knowing how every role works. You know how to properly do each uh, each uh, each angle of it, which it, like it's a hard practice to kind of like tell someone to do something unless you've done it before. And like that, I th but I think that leads to a healthy uh, healthy like mindset and healthy creative output because you you're coming from all these different angles. And I think that's what makes my heart like such a strong record, um, and like because you you're in a lot of groups, not just not just with Nico, but with the Decemberist and the Flat Five, and like a lot of these vocal heavy groups, like, yeah. which is they're all incredible, and I imagine they all have their own like um, like kind of lessons that came from, yeah, so yeah. Like, Working with someone like a like working with like a group like the Decemberists, like what kind of like takeaways, like that led to maybe some stuff found in my heart or like um, well that sounds out of context. That sounds so poetic, um, <laughs> you know. But uh, like or uh, with your other few solo records, what are some takeaways from the Decemberists that kind of like? You know, I mean, with that was like you know being able to tour with them like. My friend Kelly Hogan had sang on one of their records um, with Rachel Flotard um, of This Queen. And, you know, I think they had asked them both to come on tour to support that record. And for whatever reason, Rachel couldn't do it. And Kelly, um, you know, Kelly and I have been singing harmonies together for over 20 years. And so she's like, oh, you guys should ask Nora. And then they hired me just sight unseen just on Kelly's recommendation and it was just good because Kelly and I when we are singing harmonies together for the most part you know she goes one place I go the other naturally we go to these other spots and every once in a while we'll fight we'll fight over the <laughs> apart but not not very often at all um healthy healthy fighting um uh, you know, so being in the December, it was, it was like a masterclass, you know, like just watching, you know, how a group so big like that, uh, how it operates, you know, how the, how the donuts are made as for stupid example of, um, uh, I dig it. um you know, but yeah. also like definitely knowing my place in, in, in that, um, you know, I also got to play guitar and baritone guitar and mandolin and a drum and a harmonica and a electric guitar and a banjo. Like, you know, I learned so much being in their band because they trusted me and I was just down to to work really hard and, and do whatever. So when there was like this, you know, kind of easy auxiliary banjo part in one song, you know, it, I could learn it and then and then play it um and then you know with the flat five so i'm winning the i'm one of the founding members of of the flat five and you know we are constantly you know we all make decisions and we all kind of 
um, we all bring something unique to the band and respect each other like crazy. And we always try to find songs that are really, really hard to sing and really, really challenging. And um, and it's fun. I, I usually get, you know, the weird harmony. You know, I usually get the weird one, um, which I like, which is always really, really challenging. But, um, you know, so it's fun, like, to be in the December, so it's already kind of a built machine, you know, and to kind of come in and um, try to fit in and 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 find my place in, in, in the songs um, was an amazing experience. And then with the flat five, you know, it's it's grassroots and homegrown. And, uh, you know, we it's it's our precious little project and we um we don't take it for granted and we treat it like 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 just with so much respect because we want to keep it going forever even though we don't get to play that much because everyone's in a million different bands but when we do (laughs) play you know we just we just everyone works really hard and um that's one of my favorite things to do flat five that's it's such a it's such a musician project and it's so good. I talked with a I talked with Scott a while back. And, oh, cool! Uh, yeah, he's Scott's so cool. Best. Yeah, oh, I'm so glad you got to talk to him. That's great. He was uh, he was he was sitting in front of his piano playing monk stuff. <laughs> like, oh God, he's just a master. I don't know anybody better than him, and so I've good. seen everybody play. I just don't know anybody better than Scott Legan. <laughs> and like. And even the the pun itself, the flat five, like it's it's perfect. It's perfect. Is it? I, I think not, so. Not I a, love I'm that not name. a fan of the. I don't like the band name. Ah. I, I'll, do, I'll be honest. It was just one of those things. Like, hey, can you five play? And do you have a band name? And we're just like, <laughs> no, uh, flat five. I guess you know. It just kind of somebody threw it out there and it stuck. <laughs> but that's okay. It's, it's okay. It's like you know, it's the flat five is such a magic note, right? Because it it's blues, it's it's a uh, metal, it's uh, it's jazz, it's uh, it's beautiful, and it's it, and it's horrible at the same time, <laughs> depending. It's amazing, um, but it's such a good group. Um, kind of the when did you meet Kelly? Because you do so much with Kelly, and it's it feels like you guys really have this amazing musical partnership. Um, when did you meet her? So Kelly and I met, um, she moved up from Atlanta to Chicago, I think in 1997. And I think soon after she started working as a publicist for Bloodshot Records and Bloodshot wanted to sign my band, The Blacks, that I was in back in the late 90s. And so we met, um, we met then and, you know, being like Bloodshot, people you know we would have shows together and um and then uh I think the first time might have been I don't think that it was with Nico I think it was with Andrew Bird on a record called The Swimming Hour he hired me and Kelly to come to come sing um um like he and I had started singing together and then he hired Kelly and I to come sing some harmonies and, you know, and the rest is history. We just were really, you know, drawn to each other because 
you know, she grabbed one part and I grabbed the other. And it was just, you know, we can kind of read each other's minds in a way. It's a really special relationship musically, for sure. That's cool. It's so yeah. That 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 relationship to find is so hard to find when you can find someone yeah. who just knows what you're about to do, and like yes, it's amazing. It's the best feeling. That's like a spiritual experience for me. That's that's my church. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's interesting on a on a neurological level. Um, when you sing with someone, your brain releases a neurochemical called oxytocin, which mm-hmm. is released when you are feeling trust or in love with or a a mother childhood a mother child bond um but also when you sing with someone so it's neurologically a very special relationship and one well and and another note's just to find someone to have that musical vibe with is so hard (laughs) so when you find that homie you 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 hold on to them tight Um, yeah sure so uh so going from like doing these stones covers and and then doing this like kind of alt country band like like when did when did taking this kind of like uh singing with and kind of supporting other act did it start with andrew it did start with andrew okay. yeah and how'd you meet him and how'd that like come about i joined um this band called at the time they're called the black family gina <clears throat> excuse me Gina and Danny Black from Chicago. This is really great. They, they called it like cow punk back then, I think. Um, she played upright bass and Danny played electric guitar and they had this awesome drummer. Um, and I joined their band um, and we made, made some records and did a lot of touring together and started doing some shows with Andrew and Andrew kind of, you know, just pulled me aside and he really liked the way I sang and he wanted to do some singing together. Um, and so we started doing some singing together and then he asked me to join his band. Um, you know, and then just at some point after some years of singing with Andrew, you know, people just started asking me to sing on their records in the studio and I started doing session work and, um, and, and I would do session work with bands and then sit in with bands. I mean, Chicago is an amazing place and, and, you know, the late nineties, early thousands, um, uh, was a magical time for me because there were just so many musicians, so many good venues, you know, you can bartend or waitress and pay your rent and play gigs. And, you know, you weren't hungry. It was, you know, affordable and there was lots, lots of gigs to be had. So, you know, I guess I just kind of had developed kind of a reputation for someone you can hire to come sing with you. Well, that's, that's a, for for that's a great gig. That's a great rep. <laughs> that's a great uh, rep to have. Um, yeah. Was that with the Squirrel Nut Zippers? Is that the band he had before Andrew was doing the loopy he, stuff? No, Andrew wasn't in the Squirrel Nut Zippers. Oh, okay. Oh, well, maybe he did a little something with them, but he, I guess he was kind of he was uh, roped into kind of into that into that okay. genre, and he still works with Jimbo Mathis okay. from the. Yeah. from the squirrel nut zippers there's they're great friends and still make music together when they can but um you know andrew had by the time i was singing with andrew he had already had you know three solo records out okay cool like so kind of 
seeing all these singer-songwriters and supporting them, when did you start to write your own? So I wrote a record in 1996, I think I released a record called Cerulean Blue. And honestly, it's like the first 10 songs I wrote and I just like wrote them and I recorded them and I put them out like really, really fast just to say, okay, this is what I do now, you know? And it wasn't the greatest time in my life. And uh, this is before the Blacks. Um, and I don't do those songs anymore. And, you know, and then I kind of just joined a bunch of, I toured with Andrew for many, many years uh, in the Bowl of Fire and as a trio with Kevin O'Donnell. And then as a duo, Andrew and I toured Europe and all over the country, just driving, driving, driving ourselves to, from gig to gig. Um, and, you know, and then I stopped because I wanted to have a family and I had had some children and and then um started taking some touring jobs like got hired to do this thing with jacob dylan and kelly hogan recruited me for that and then i did just i got recruited to tour with iron and wine and i did that uh, and uh you know and and then it kind of knowing nico for as long as i've known nico um I would jump on like tours with her too. Like when her new record cycle would begin, I'd, I'd meet them and do like special shows and do like TV stuff. And so, you know, through the years, I've just kind of jumped on and off the road. Um, it's been hard to do it full time because I don't want to completely miss my children's childhoods. Right. That's another balance I'm trying to balance. That's another <laughs> trying to balance, you know? Yeah. Well, it seems like it seems like you have this really like creative like balance like with the key like with uh, with uh, like support and doing your own. So as you're like as you're hopping on and off tour as a professional singer in the, these amazing acts and like when so like after that first record like cuz there's the the next two this newest one being the last of it or the yeah. recent most recent of it but like um when like are you writing on the road just to yourself do you have like a little writing practice you're doing or are you just kind of taking it in and like after tour like or what what did that, what did that process look like for you developing um, songs i you know when i did, i think i had stopped touring with andrew bird um and then i started working on my second record till the dawn and um and then um, by the time that record came out, I was pregnant with my first son. So I didn't tour that much with it. I did some touring and some some uh, playing. Um, I'm not that busy. Like I'm not, I, I really can only do one thing at a time. Like right now, I'm, right now I'm on tour and it's about all I can do is just be here. I could barely, you know, I'm forgetting to, that I'm getting called on a Monday morning by you because we're still like in the van driving to Philadelphia. And, right. um, anyway, um, um, but you know, over for this last record for my heart, um, you know, COVID wiped all of our calendars clean. Right. And, uh, 
And I started doing these like little backyard shows in my town. I live right outside of Chicago in a town, uh, Evanston, um, which where Northwestern is. And, um, you know, I started doing these little backyard shows and I started writing um, and I just kind of fell in love with uh, doing solo work again because it it just kind of has come and gone. Like I would book solo shows and, you know, slap a band together, but it wasn't my main thing for a really, really, really long time. And I'm, um, and I just kind of felt like I wanted to, I wanted to see what was in there in me, you know, like, what would I write if I were to write, what would it even sound like, you know? And, um, you know, so just trying not to compare myself and my writing to all these wonderful people that I play with, you know, just let's just do something that's uniquely me and, 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 and that's enough, you know? And so, you know, that's what this record was. I have not, I don't write all the time. I practice all the time and I try to learn different instruments and I sing all the time, but I don't write all the time. So it was nice to, to stop and, and do some writing and write some melodies. And uh, I had a really good time making this record. It was fun. It's a, it's a great record. It's a beautiful Thank record. Thank you. Thank um, you so much. So with the, with the idea of like practicing instruments, there's that one track, I'm trying to remember the name, that's an instrumental. Was yeah. That, that just kind of like came out of uh, maybe like dobo practice, dobro practice or like, because it's a, like, that's a really cool, it's a really cool tune. Um, but that, that spawned from something like that or was that just as is? It was an idea. Yeah. That was, and um, I just happened to have, um, I had an idea of having an instrumental on my song, on my record, but I didn't know what, what it was. And it was just a chord progression that I had. And I happened to have, you know, Alex Hall and Casey McDonough and Scott Legan from the Flat Five. They came, Scott and Casey came in. Casey, well, Alex helped me produce and Alex engineered and recorded this, most of this record. Um, And I had Scott come in and do a couple of things. I didn't want it just, I didn't want it to be Nora O'Connor with the Flat Five, but I couldn't help, I could not ask Scott Legan to come play on my record. so we just kind of laid down. We sat in the studio in a circle and Alex grabbed a couple drums, Casey on bass, and Scott and I just sat across from each other with our acoustic guitars and played this this instrumental that you know that he I had some embellishments on my guitar and he had kind of just a, in, what instinctually came out of him as a little melody to go along with my guitar and um and then I just kind of sat with it for a long time. And I had my friend Steve Dawson came over and put a harmonium track down on the record. And and so it just kind of feels to me like a little palate cleanser, just a little mood within the record. But I want to I want to put lyrics to that and put it on the next record with as a as a song with lyrics. So, yeah. you know, kind of Wind Wolf part two. So nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Like- Steve, Steve Dawson, man, what a, yeah, I, I had a talk, I talked with him too, he's a amazing uh, singer-songwriter, and he like, really... 
have you have you checked out any of his like I, I've I've read his book, that songwriting book you put out. Like Oh yeah. I've taken his classes yeah. at Old Town School. I've read his book, you know, Take It to the Bridge that he wrote yeah. with Mark Zero. And uh you know, and he was done you know, I recorded a couple of my songs at his studio and he's somebody you know, I've taken his songwriting classes before, but before I started recording, I sent him a couple demos and I was just like, can you help me? Like, am I on to something here? Should I, should I keep going? Can you look at these lyrics? Would you want to work with me on a couple songs? And, um, and so I, he was very, very helpful and, and a big confidence booster for me to, yeah, you know, like, yeah, you got something here. Keep, keep going, you know, cause it's so hard to be objective about, your own stuff you know like what is this even a fucking song did i steal this whole melody from somebody what am i doing oh that that kind of those kind of little voices in your head (laughs) those guys yeah they're there and they're loud (laughs) they can be they can be so you just have to like say okay voice in my head nice to see you i'm glad you feel this way no, just be quiet for a minute because I'm 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 gonna keep going, you know. You gotta quiet those voices. Yeah. Because they're they're not true. And that that's true. They're lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, because most of the time most of the time you write something and you think it sounds like something else and you do they sound similar? Like, what are you talking about? No. Well, you, <laughs> like, you know, it's like it's in your DNA. There's yeah. so much music in in our bodies already. It's hard not to, you know, right. kind of be influenced by the songs, the million songs, you know, and just to be like, and like, as you're doing as a professional singer, supporting all these other artists and seeing, seeing how those donuts are made. It, I'd imagine you learned how to make your own donuts, but you don't want to make the same flavor, but still a donut. How do I, you know, <laughs> like that's, exactly. a, that's yeah. a really tricky spot. So like, and to get any affirmation from Steve to be like, yeah, you're, you're good. Like, He's the guy that would know. <laughs> yeah, he's really honest and very helpful and without, you know, being too critical or or trying to like be too influential yeah. even. Yeah. He wants you to write what he wants you to be uniquely you and write what you have to say, not what you should say because nobody knows that but you. That's true. Man was that so that's beautiful so he helped with a couple aside from playing some of the some, which yeah he i um there's a couple songs i sent to him and you know like my heart that song you know i recorded it really fast and i loved it so much and and he you know i sent him the lyrics and he's like you know this verse doesn't make sense to me really what do you think about taking it out and then i looked at it and i was like yeah yeah, it's not necessary, you know, like that song is, you know, it's kind of says a lot, but it's not a lot of information. So I didn't need to explain every little detail. Um, you know, so little things like that. He helped me on a couple of things and uh, and he recorded my vocals for some songs and um, and because I liked I just liked the way they were sounding at his studio. And and then I recorded vocals at home and just flew them to Alex and he popped him in. So um, team effort for sure. Definitely. And like, I don't know, when you're recording vocals, it's good to have someone be like, hey, you can do that better. You know what I mean? Like, or have someone be that voice that you trust, you know? 
and like exactly you want to feel comfortable because you want to like really kind of let it all hang out right and that's hard to do that's hard to find expect the studio is such an artificial place you know i mean like it's the lab and like there's just in this just a big blinking red light that's it's Mm -hmm. it's an anxiety provoking okay do it again oh and like yeah (laughs) you know i mean like um so that that's awesome that's awesome that you're able to find that within steve and that's it's solid advice to like it it, because it's interesting with songwriting you want to make it specific and you want to list certain details but that's the point is it certain details not all you know and that's so hard when you're trying to really paint a clear picture you know yeah yeah it's really hard for me to write and then edit you know i just want to kind of it's hard for me to let go of ideas you know and um chop chop things up if they need to be that's that's where it gets tricky for me so um you know that's something i want to work on writing and then coming back and and really like being open to change yeah and rewriting you know because that's that for me that's it's a hard one it's a hard one because when you you (laughs) get into it and then you record it you're like i have to change it i just did all the bits it's done. <laughs> like, mm. But um, with a so with like that is that kind of the process for the flat five? Is like someone brings a song like that to the board and like bounces it back and forth, or what's that kind of look like differently than like than like this? Yeah, the flat five. Yeah, I mean we have oh gosh we've got a hundred God we've got hundreds of songs really if we really looked at what we can do together. Um, so we made two records and both of our records, the songs are written by Chris Legan, who is Scott Legan's brother. Um, you know, so we have spent a lot of time taking dozens of Chris's songs and, and arranging them. You know, everybody um, you know, there's like certain times when like Scott kind of takes the lead, you know, if it, if he brings in a song and he has an idea for arrangements and Kelly always has amazing ideas and brings really great songs. And, and we have a couple friends that are close to us that will send us songs that we totally trust. And he'll be like, this is a song the Flat Five would, would, should sing. And nine times out of 10, we, we take that song and arrange it and make it our own. But, um, for the most part, we know each of us kind of know our our role and what what part we'll sing and um and we all you know want and we all push each other to um you know we we just kind of we we encourage each other to to try new things and take risks and, and, um, you know, like, no, you take the lead, you, you sing this one or you play piano on this one. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really good, it's a really good fit. And we mostly, we don't write songs. We've actually have not written any songs as the flat five. We are a true cover band in, and in that we, uh, interpret, we are song interpreters, you know, like we, we want to turn people on to really cool music. And so we try to find really deep hidden gems 
and bring them to life and, and turn people on to Spanky and our gang or, you know, deep cuts from the fifth dimension or uh, Harry Nielsen, Beach Boys, you know, we, right. that, that, anyway. That makes sense because, well, I forgot, I forgot Chris uh, submitted a lot of songs and you guys like brought that, I forgot about that bit when I talked to Scott. Yeah. Um, but so, so when, when they come to support you, you're putting them in that, not forcefully, but you know, now they're playing this role of supporting this. So that's, that continues that kind of like cycle of putting people in like spots for them to shine. That's really cool. And like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to ask Scott Legan to come and play on my record, I want Scott Legan to do what Scott Legan does. Right. (laughs) Not what I want him to do. I mean, uh, he's totally open. Like, what are you thinking here? You know, if I have a thought, like I really want just like a super bright telecaster, you know, he, you know, we all are studio musicians too. So we want the client to be happy and we're willing to, for the most part, do what they want us to do. But I think a lot of us are getting hired because of what we do. So we trust, you know, that we'll come in and Scott will, Scott will do what Scott does and I'm going to love it. And that's exactly what happened. That's amazing. Like one, another thing I wanted to ask, um, did you start with a guitar? Yes. Okay. Because, like, branching off to, like, banjo and stuff, that makes a lot more sense because, like, then it's just kind of honing in the roles and stuff. Um, I don't know how to play banjo at all. I really don't. <laughs> but I know – but I can be taught to play, like, a little thing, like a lick or, a, you know, some sort of where a banjo is just pedaling on – between two chords like sh- what is the picking pattern what are the chords let me work on it and and i'll get it but i'm not uh i'm not playing foggy mountain breakdown <laughs> on the banjo but still it's being able to take those bits and use them in the bigger picture it's a big deal you know yeah and having the skill set to do that what do i need the picking pattern the chords i got that you know yeah that's amazing yeah. Um, fun no, that's so cool. Um, I was wondering, uh, so also you did work with Mavis Staples. What was that like? It was amazing. It <laughs> was amazing. Jeff Tweedy hired Kelly Ogan and I, my singing partner. Jeff Tweedy's um, great too. He's amazing to work with, you know, just total Chicago guy. Like the, the Wilco Loft is a great place. And a lot of people make records there now. Um, so yeah, we got recruited in, 2010 to sing with Mavis and it was fantastic her sister Yvonne was her sister Yvonne died a couple years ago but she Yvonne was there um and you know we would we all like the drums the drummer was in a drum booth and the rest of us were just in the room singing the whole thing like live together that whole record and one song we sang in the in the stairwell to get that kind of reverb and Mavis was so great to work with. Uh, she was so gracious, and um, we were scared shitless. We really <laughs> were so nervous. It was so like, what is that? What is my life? What is happening? Uh, and Kelly Hogan to this day. And so now Kelly is in Mavis's touring band and has been touring all over the world for the last. Mavis is working harder than any of us. She, she hustles. She, she is touring, 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 playing, playing, playing constantly. Um, and, uh, you know, that was just a wonderful honor 
and great experience and a great record. Absolutely fantastic record that she made. And and it was like just to witness Mavis and Jeff Tweedy's relationship is very special. They're like family. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. cool. Like I saw I saw Mavis with uh, Bob Dylan a few years ago. Oh, cool. Uh, like they opened and they're incredible. Um, but wow. Like, and, and speaking of, have you ever read Jeff's book on songwriting? I read most of it, some of it. Yeah. That came out a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like how to write one song. Is that it? Yep. That's it. It's yeah. a profound little book. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so, but you know, so all this being said, like, being around all these amazing artists, it, it really like makes sense why my heart is such a cool record and such a beautiful, impactful record. And like just hearing all these bits from these little stories that you've been sharing is it's it, I think it, I think they do the absolute best to bring out the best of you on this record. And um, I really appreciate you taking time on tour to chat with me. This has been wonderful. Yeah, it has been wonderful. Um, thank you for calling. It's been great talking with you as well. And good luck with all your music. Yo, Spike Spiegel here. You just listened to Zig of the Gig podcast. Keep riding the bebop. See you, Space Cowboy. Bang.